Hey everybody, and welcome to the Harvest Community Church Podcast. We hope this message today brings you encouragement and inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. If you ever have any questions or you want to learn more about us as a church, you can always check us out at harvesttn.com. Enjoy the message. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. The centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, Surely this was a righteous man. So Joseph bought some linen cloth, took down the body, wrapped it in the linen, and placed it in a tomb cut out of rock. Then he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. He is not here. He is risen. He is risen. He is not here. He is risen. If he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves in whom we have redemption. The forgiveness of sins. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. We are healed. We are healed. We are healed. I am healed. I am forgiven. I am free. I am adopted. I am blessed. I am loved. I am known. I am made clean. And I am made new. I am his son. I am his son. I am his son. And I am his daughter. I am alive. I have strength. I have hope. I have peace. It is a beautiful thing uh, what God, what this, this day means. We're celebrating the resurrection of our Savior and Let's talk about what Easter is. Let's talk about what the resurrection day, the resurrection of Jesus Christ means. I think you got to ask the question is what what resurrected from what? I mean, if Jesus if Jesus rose, what did he raise from? He rose from the grave. He he defeated death. And what is what does that what does that mean? I mean, if you think about it, what does it mean to defeat death? What is death mean how has death impacted us and what did the resurrection do to change anything and so i want to spend just a few minutes uh, talking about that i think uh there's a verse in romans chapter 5 verse 17 and it kind of sets up a picture of both what adam what happened with adam and what happened with jesus um for if 
by the trespasses of one man, that one man being Adam. Death reigned, and through one man, uh, death reigned through one man, him. How much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through one man, Jesus Christ? He gives us two pictures. Uh, Paul in Corinthians, talking to the Corinthians, spoke of two Adams, the first Adam and the second Adam. The first Adam who brought sin into the world, the second Adam who defeated sin. The first Adam who brought death into the world, the second Adam who was Jesus that defeated death. And so if you think about, if you think about what death means, death is separation. Death does not mean annihilation. It doesn't mean ceasing to exist. It doesn't mean that we just, uh, you know, if it's a physical death, we go into the ground and we never exist again. We were created as beings, as spirit beings with a soul that lives in a body. We will live forever. And so if we, if we go into it with that idea, what does death mean? How does that impact us? Death is separation. Spiritual death means separation from God. It is, it is us separate from the fellowship of God. As, as human beings, we were created in relationship with God. And we'll get to that in just a minute. But when death came, death broke that. Death came into us, and where the, where the very life of God in our spirit existed, death came. Separation from God, separation from fellowship with God, separation from relationship with God, separation from his love, separation from peace that comes in a relationship with him, separation from the joy that we have in a relationship with him, separation from the ability to live life uh, without hate, separation from the ability to live life without anger, separation from uh, the ability to live life uh, without disease and sickness, separation from God. So that's the, phys- that's the spiritual death. Then there's the physical death. Physical death is when our spirit and soul are separate, separated from our body. Separation is, is, um, is really what death means. And so I, I kind of got to thinking about this. Let's go back. I don't think we can fully understand this whole Easter story, this whole resurrection of Jesus, unless we go back and see why this was even needed. So let's go all the way back to the Garden of Eden. Let's go all the way back to where God created Adam, and he put him in the garden, and a beautiful place. God wanted, God wanted to create a humanity where he could take uh, heaven and put it on earth. He created a place where heaven was going to be moved to earth, and he created a people that would bear his glory, that would bear relationship with him that he could walk with and live with. And there was nowhere in the Garden of Eden did God create Adam and Eve and say, now here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to church on Sunday and um, if you do that, all is cool. That was never the intention of, of our Father, our Heavenly Father. was never an intention to check off a few boxes. It was always the, the intention of having a personal, intimate relationship with His creation. And it started with Adam. 
And so God creates Adam and he puts him in the garden. And then he says, and this is uh, Genesis chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, now listen to this, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Notice this, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. God says, Adam, I've created all this for you. I want you to, to have dominion over everything that I have put you, put you in in this earth. And the only thing that you cannot do is eat of that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And if you eat of that, you will die. So Adam had it down. Eve was created. Uh, we, we move on through the situation in the garden. And then in verse chapter 2, verse 15, the Lord, uh, or uh, uh, chapter 3, verses 6 and 7, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, and that is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, and every temptation will fit within one of those three things. John talks about that in 1 John. She took, the, she took some and she ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized that they were naked. So they sewed fig, uh, fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Think about this. Their, their eyes were opened. What, what happened in that moment? It's like taking someone who has never, never, uh, never done drugs, never, never, um, never done meth. We'll just use for instance. And so they have no idea of the good and evil in meth until they take of it. And as soon as they take of it, suddenly now their eyes are open and they realize what the damage can happen. They've just lost their ability, they've lost their ability to see it uh, just from virgin eyes. Now they see it from a whole different perspective and they're experiencing it from a whole different perspective. They ate and they, and they died immediately. Now what we see is Adam and Eve talking after this. We see God talking to Adam and Eve after this. So we know that they didn't die physically immediately. So what's going on? In that moment, and we get that picture, in that moment, when they took of the fruit, a death happened inside. They spiritually died. The glory of God within them in that moment, dead. Now they're functioning from, a, from being spiritually dead merely as physical human beings. When I think about this, um, let's think about if we were doing an interview with death himself. Think about death as a prize fighter. And we're going to do an interview with death. And so we're going to go in and, and say, tell us about your beginning. And I think death would say, I was there in the Garden of Eden. I was there already. But I had no power to do anything 
I, I, I couldn't do anything except just hope that somebody would take the key, the key of sin, open the door, and let me out. But as long as Adam walked with God, as long as Adam obeyed God, as long as Adam stayed away from that tree, I could do nothing. But suddenly I heard the temptation, and I started to think, maybe I've got a chance. And so Adam took the key of sin, and he, and he ate of that. He took the key of sin. He opened the door to death, and in that moment, I was able to unleash hell on this earth in a way that nobody could ever imagine. I was able to unleash in that moment rape. I was able to unleash in that moment drug addiction. I was able to unleash in that moment sickness and disease and death and and, and children being abused, and women being abused, and men being abused. I was able in that moment to unleash war in the earth. All of that unleashed in that moment. Now, let's step back just a second. If death, if we're interviewing death, and we see that that's what happened, suddenly in a moment, the world was turned loose with this power of death to destroy anything and everything that we had in a relationship with God in Adam. And it was gone. It's not just a little thing. It wasn't just a minor thing that sin came. This whole world is different. Your life is different. My life is different because sin brought death into this world. The wages of sin is death. And the only way to deal with death and to defeat death is to defeat sin. You've got to be able to deal with sin to be able to deal with death. And here's the problem. We, the, 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 the seed of the sinful nature is passed on from the seed of man all the way through Adam. We all are born with a sin nature. I know there's some of you going to say, but bud, yeah, I'm not, I really, I'm not sure about that because you're going to compare yourself to the worst of the worst. And so sometimes we compare ourselves like, well, I'm not a, um, I'm not a, um, a murderer and yet, maybe not yet, maybe you, maybe you might see yourself as someone a little better than somebody else. But ask your mom and dad, they discovered your sin nature very early in life. I think about, I think about my, my children and my grandchildren. It didn't take us long to realize that that sin nature is born into all of us, and it will start expressing itself early. And it's not in big things at that time. But you see the rebellious, manipulative sin nature it comes out in human beings. We all are born with it. So what do we do? Death came into the world by sin. We all are born with a sin nature. Unless our sin is dealt with, death will always exist within us. So we've got an issue. After the Garden of Eden, I think... There, if we begin to look at the, the law, the power of the law to make us right with God. And, and in reality, let me say this, in reality, the law was never meant for, um, I know a lot of people put themselves back under the Mosaic law. The law was never meant for Gentiles. 
We were not a part of that. We were foreigners uh, to those covenants of promise. Uh, but as, as even, even for those people who were under the covenant, the, coven, the, the Mosaic covenant, it was never meant to make us right with God. It, it was meant to expose the fact that we can't be right with God. Listen to this, Romans 3.20. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of our sin. The law was never able to do anything other than teach us that humanity at the very deepest level is sinful, depraved, born with a sin nature, and, and the law only exposed that. Where there is no law, how do you know if you've sinned? If I go out here on the highway and there are no, there's no speed limits, I can do 120, and I'm not breaking the law because there is not a law concerning speed limit. But there is a law concerning speed limit, right? And because there is, if I go out and I go above the speed limit, I have just broken the law. The law, Mosaic law, was God's way of putting the speed limit out there to show people who were speeding along into a sinful life to expose the fact that you are spinning along in a sinful life. Um, Romans 8, 3 and 4, For what the law was powerless to do, because it, weak, it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. What the law could not do, Jesus did. So again, if we're interviewing death, he might say something like this. I was able, I, tur I was turned loose in the Garden of Eden. And I, I released my, my hateful fury upon this earth. I did get a little bit concerned at one time when I heard that God was going to institute um, the law. The, 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 Mo the law of Moses was going to be instituted for the people of God. And I was a little bit concerned that they might be able to deal with sin forever. But the more I watched, the more I realized that the law actually helped me because the more I watched them try to keep the law, the more I saw them fail to keep the law. And the more I realized that, the, that sin was so ingrained in them that that pretty well guaranteed me as death to be able to continue to do my work in this earth, to, to create havoc, to create chaos, to create hate, to create war, to create disease, to create sickness, to create horrible kinds of sins, I was still free to do it. I think we would hear that in an interview. But the time came that I think you would have heard him say something different. I think death would have probably said there was a time that was different. It was when this one called Jesus was born into the earth. I heard rumors that he was here to do something. I heard rumors that he was the one sent from God, that he was the Messiah. I heard rumors that he was going to be the one that would destroy and defeat me. But I still held strong. I started to get a little bit of a glimpse that I might be in trouble when suddenly a few people begin to slip through my fingers. 
I had a widow's son. I held him in death. Nobody could stop me. I had all of the greats from beginning to end. I had kings and I had, I had rich people, poor people. I had paupers. I had uh, people from the palace. I had princes and they were all held in my grip. They, they could not break my grip of death. But suddenly something began to happen when Jesus showed up on the scene because the widow's son slipped through my grip. And on the other end, I heard Jesus calling for him and he came out of the grave, or he came from death, set up on his mat. A little girl that I thought I had, and she was bound, and suddenly I heard the voice of Jesus, and this little girl rose from the dead, and I began to realize that something's happening, and I may be in trouble because people are beginning to slip through my grip. There was one called Lazarus, the one that Jesus loved. This one called Lazarus that I had, I held him in a tomb, and I thought I had him. I had him for days until Jesus showed up, and all Jesus said was, Lazarus, come forth, and he slipped through my grip, and he walked out of the tomb. He was there living and alive. I knew at that moment, me, death, I knew at that moment that I was in trouble. I knew at that moment that something was happening that had never happened in the thousands of years before. This one called Jesus the one that had been prophesied, the one that had been told about. He is here, and if anybody can defeat me, he's going to be the one to do it. Suddenly, I think with death, beginning to realize that Jesus was the only one. But here's the thing, guys. You can't deal with death unless you deal with sin. The wages of sin is death. Death is going to come unless the sin issue is dealt with. Death, the separation, separation of, of our relationship, a separation from God. In our spirit, a separation from God. Death in our spirit. Ultimately, death of the physical body separating our spirit soul from our body. All going to happen. We've got to deal with sin. Jesus came into this world to restore the kingdom that he started in the Garden of Eden. He didn't come to restore a religion. He didn't come to restore um, uh, something for us to begin to find our way to appease God. Let me, let me go back just for a second. If you go back to the Garden of Eden, you find that Adam and Eve tried to cover their nakedness with fig leaves. That's man's works, ways of trying to cover sin. God, in His grace, in His mercy, took animal skins. You only get animal skins if you sacrifice the animals. He took animal skins and He covered Adam and Eve because there is no remission of sin without the shedding of blood. So God Himself covered Adam and Eve in that moment. But Adam and Eve, typically, what happens when human beings functioning out of the natural Remember, they died spiritually. Now, at this point, when they're covering themselves, these fig leaves, they are spiritually dead. Spiritually dead people trying to, to get a, have a relationship with God or trying to please God or trying to appease God. Spiritually dead people trying to appease or please God cannot do it, but they attempt to do it through works of religion. 
God didn't create a religion in the Garden of Eden and a religion will not fix the problem that came in the Garden of Eden. No religion, not even Christianity as a religion. Only Jesus Christ can do what, what had to be done. So Jesus, so Jesus goes to the cross. What is he doing? What is he doing? He came. He did all the miracles. We had hopes. His kingdom was going to be set up again. His kingdom restored again. What is he doing? Is he not who we thought he was going to be? We had our hopes up when he opened blinded eyes and when he made the deaf to hear made people who could not talk, talk. He made people who could not walk, walk. He, he healed people. He set people de- free from demonic forces. But now, now he's been taken through the courts with all the religious rulers, sending him up into the political arena, which is where a king should be, not in a religious court, but in a political court. And Jesus is there. You remember, I love that Jesus told in John 10, 18, no man can take my life. Only I can give it. When Jesus stood there and he was accused, wrongly accused, and it looked like he was going to the cross, he wasn't helpless. He was giving his life. He knew what he was doing. He was giving his life for us. But in that moment, it may look like it's all over. This one that we thought was going to set up a kingdom, it's done. He goes, he's accused, he goes to the cross, he's beaten, he looks helpless. He looks helpless being beaten. He looks helpless on the cross. It is as if our chance of ever being free from sin, free from death, that the chance of God ever restoring his kingdom in, on this earth was over He goes to the cross. He dies on a cross. He's put in a tomb. And death is doing everything he can. And maybe if we go back to interview death one more time. I did lose grip of the widow's son. And I did lose grip of the the religious leader's daughter. I even lost grip of Lazarus. After this Jesus died, the ground began to shake, and I even lost grip of some of the some people that they call these Old Testament saints. But I knew that I had to hold Jesus because if I couldn't hold him, it was over for me. So they put him in a tomb, and I'm doing everything I can to hold him. But three days. And I had heard through the rumor mill that Jesus said, in three days, I'm getting up from here. And in three days, I was watching. And I began to hold tightly, and I began to do everything I could to make sure that he did not get up. But three days later, suddenly, 
angels appeared, the earthquake, the, the stone was removed, and this Jesus who was dead, who I had hoped to leave, this Jesus rose again, and he defeated me royally. Now I don't have the power that I had. Sin was defeated on the cross. Now there is no wages of sin for those who are in Christ. There is no death for those who are in Christ. Jesus lives and we live. We live. Death can't defeat us, child of God. Think about this. Go back to the very first verse, and, and there's so many things, so many verses I could read on this, but let me just go back to revisit just for a second the, where we started off. For if by one man death reigned through the one man, how much more will those who receive, listen to me, how much more will those who receive? Our job is only to, to believe and to receive. We can't work out our own salvation. Now, I know some of you are going to say, yeah, but the Scripture says work out your own salvation. It's not talking about saving yourself. It's not talking about works for salvation. He's talking about working out the salvation that is already in you, not working to get it. It's impossible to get it. We can't be saved by works. We can't receive what Jesus did by works. We can only receive, believe and receive. He said to receive God's abundant provision of grace. And of the, listen to this, and of the gift of righteousness. And of the gift of righteousness. Uh, how much, how will we re reign in life through this one Jesus Christ? Righteousness is a gift. Can't earn it. You'll never be good enough. Scripture says there's none righteous, not one. Righteousness is a gift, and if righteousness is a gift, you cannot earn it. And some of you out there are so distant from the Lord because you've been trying to earn your way. You've been trying to be good enough to be received, to be pleased by God, or to please God, or to appease Him. You've been trying to be good enough. If being, listen, dear heart, if, if being good enough was enough there was no reason, ever a reason for Jesus' death on the cross. Paul said, if Jesus didn't raise from the dead, you're still in your sin, and we're, we're all, it, it, it's, it's vanity, it's vain. Here's what I want you to know. Life. Jesus came not to make bad people good. Religion says Jesus came to make bad people good. But Jesus came to make dead people live. And when the life of Jesus, and how, how do you do that? When the life of Jesus comes inside of you, in that moment you're born again, in that moment you are alive spiritually once again, what does that mean? Everything that was lost in, in the death that separated us from God is, has been regained. Everything has been regained in our relationship with Jesus. In that moment, we, we can know the love of God again. In that moment, we can know the fellowship with God again. In that moment, we can know the peace of God. In that moment, we can know joy. In that moment, we can know freedom from sin. Sin no longer has a hold on you. Sin no longer has power to hold you. If you receive Jesus and you put your faith in him, that was broken. 
He dealt with the sin problem on the cross. And your sin problem is gone. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ, now you just get to live out this beautiful life that God has called you to. Some of you have tried to be good enough to go to church or be a part of a church. Some of you have tried to be good enough for, for um, addictions to be broken. Some of you have tried to be... not going to happen. Come to Him. I think if we interview death for one last time, I think death would say the most frustrating thing for me are those believers and followers of Jesus Christ because I lost my ability to hold them. I'm defeated by them all because they've received Jesus. I have no power over them. I have no power because the wages of sin is me. But their sin is gone. And because their sin is gone, because of what Jesus did, and he sealed it in the resurrection, because their sin is gone, I no longer have power. There's a lot of people I still want to try to hang on to that do not know Jesus. But the most frustrating people to me are those believers in Christ because they no longer belong to me. And I no longer have power over them. They are free. They are free to live. They are free with the life of Jesus inside of them. Ah! Church, if you think about it, we are alive. Jesus getting up from the grave didn't just give us an opportunity to once a year celebrate something. Jesus getting up from the grave didn't just give us an opportunity to go to some place together with people once a week. Jesus getting up from the grave restored his kingdom within us that he started in the Garden of Eden. It's an invisible kingdom right now. It's a spiritual kingdom. One day it's going to be a physical kingdom. One day we will be on this earth reigning again. But here's what I want you to know. This is for every, anyone who will receive Jesus Christ as their Savior can put away the first man and what came with him. And you can receive the very life that Jesus has for you. Happy Resurrection Day, church. I love all of you. Wow. I love you. And I know right now we're celebrating you, Jesus. We love you. We praise you. Because of you, we have life. Because of you, we are free. Because of you, hatred does not exist within us. Love flourishes within us. Because of you, Lord Jesus, we can experience pure peace. We can experience pure joy. Because of you, Lord, we have a personal relationship. Because of you, we have a, a Heavenly Father that loves us. Abba Father, a Daddy that loves us and that has set us free and that walks with us and has given us a power like no other power in the very presence of your Holy Spirit. We give you praise today and we celebrate your resurrection because you literally, Lord Jesus, changed our life forever. You gave us life because you live. We can live. Thank you for joining us today. If you've enjoyed listening, be sure to hit the subscribe button and rate and review the podcast. Thanks again for joining us and we'll see you again next week.